Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you for listening, as always. We are just so delighted when you do that and you click on and say hello to us. You can do so by dropping us a line, or you can go on our social media pages at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all those folks like that, Uh, LinkedIn as well. So how is everybody doing? You okay? Everybody okay? Yeah. Yeah. Considering, yeah, I know, I hate, I know, we're in this with you. We're wearing our mask, and we're, you know, we're 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 getting through this. We are just about at the end of summer, and uh, you've heard the experts, the medical and the health officials say, you know, the next thing is uh, obviously cold and flu season, and so we don't know where this thing is going, but it could get funky. It could get really funky. It could be a funky mess. So let's just continue to wear our mask and be safe, social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. And because we want you to continue to be here on this planet and enjoy what's left of it. Hopefully nobody will wipe us out here, but Listen, we're we're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. So let's start off with today's show, this week's show, with some auditions. We have some auditions and we get so much mail from people whenever we have information about casting and such. And by the way, if you want to drop us a line, if you don't have a pen and paper to write down this information about the two audition notices, you can always send us an email, info at filmfestivalradio.com and we'll be more than happy to uh, reply to your information. Or maybe you just want to say hello. Hello. That's okay too. That's okay too. Just want to talk about it. We're not a therapist, of course, but we are here if you just want to say hi. Okay. Well, let's start off with our first audition here. How many of you out there are subscribers to one of the meal delivery services, you know, these companies that will totally cook you a very delicious meal, totally cook it to whatever your liking is and deliver it to your home. Well, lucky you that you can still afford that. I wish I could. But anyway, there is a, uh, they're casting nationwide for a paid digital commercial. It's one of those kind of testimonial type commercials where, you know, you are an actual user of whatever it is and you just kind of, you're giving your testimony as to how it's working for you. So anyway, this company, they are searching nationwide for real meal delivery subscription customers. And they're looking for people to appear in this digital commercial. And they're looking for individuals and couples. 
okay? And they, they'll pay you to give your testimonial as to how you are enjoying the meal delivery service. And they want people who are currently subscribing, okay? And all of the auditions, because of COVID-19, of course, all of the auditions will be done online. Now, this is what you need to do. This is when you need your pen and paper, you need to email the following items, your name, your first and last name, a contact telephone number where they can reach you, the city and state where you live, and what company, or maybe you can, you've got it going on like that. Maybe you subscribe to more than one meal delivery service. But anyway, they want the company or companies that you are currently ordering your food from. And let them know, this is an interesting one here, they want to also know if you've lost any weight during your meal delivery subscription. Now, that is not a requirement. Repeat, that is not a requirement that you must have lost some weight. But if you have, they just want to know. I guess they're just saying, well, I don't know why they're asking. I really don't, but I think, I think it's kind of unusual. And also, the last thing is they need a current photograph of yourself in a JPEG format. Everybody's doing selfies. I know you can do that on your favorite uh, Android or iPhone. That's, that's an easy one. So once again, uh, your first and last name, your contact telephone number, the city and state where you live, what company or companies that you are currently ordering your meal delivery uh, service with. And let them know if you have lost any weight during your subscription to the meal delivery service. Again, it's not a requirement, though. And finally, a current picture of yourself in a JPEG format, please. Now, you need to send all of that information to this email address. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, furlong casting at gmail.com. That's Sarah, fur, F-U-R-L-O-N-G, casting at gmail.com. Altogether, Sarah, furlong casting at gmail.com. And Sarah, furlong casting is all written together. There are no dots and no I's, uh, no you know, forward slash marks all written together, Sarah Furlong casting at gmail.com. And just uh, good luck to you. If you get selected, we would be more than happy to know uh, how, what was the outcome and how did you enjoy being in a digital television commercial? That's cool if you get selected. Okay, in our next audition here, they're looking for teachers vocal singing teachers, to be exact. Yeah, you'll be teaching online from your home, of course. And this is how it goes. La Canada, L-A-C-A-N-A-D-A. No, it's not in Canada. La Canada Junior Theater in La Canada, California. I have never heard of La Canada, California, but it sounds like it should be a beautiful place. Uh, but anyway, La, Cat, La Canada, I don't know why I'm having trouble with La Canada. La Canada is uh, Junior Theater is searching nationwide for singing teachers who are fun, experienced, and got a lot of energy. And they want you to teach singing lessons from your home. And you can live anywhere. Anywhere 
paper because, again, these are vocal, virtual lessons. And these uh, lessons will be given and done during standard business hours, uh, Pacific time zone, because, of course, California is over in the Pacific time zone with me. Now, they need for you to have a musical theater background. That's a mandatory. And they would like someone, if possible, with some musical theater credits. Yeah, if you've been uh, touring with the, you know, like a play or a musical play or something like that, or maybe you've done Broadway, maybe you've done off-Broadway, or maybe you have done musical theater in your city or your town or wherever, if you've got that. And La Canada Junior Theater, this is a musical theater company for children, okay? And again, it's located in La Canada, California, and they are paying $65 an hour. Now, I don't know how many hours, it doesn't say how many hours that you will be teaching, but that's that's a nice chunk of change there. Yeah, that'll stop you from having to wait on that stimulus check, just saying. Okay, now this is what you need to do. You need to also email your first and last name, your contact telephone number, the city and state where you live, a brief bio about yourself and your experience as a singing teacher. And if available, if you have any links, you know, websites or online links or anything like that to further support your cause and your career. Just, you know, just to let the producers know who you are and what you've done. If you have any of that, send it all to this email address, info. Okay, somebody says they need to, I need to wait so I get a pencil. Okay, I can wait. Got it? Okay. All right, here we go. You need to send your name, first and last name, your contact telephone number, the city and state where you live right now, a brief bio about you and your experience as a vocal singing teacher. And if you have that, some links, uh, any websites, any LinkedIn stuff, you know, links, links. And email all of that to this email address, info at lacanadajuniortheater.com. Dot com, And that's, again, info at L-A, Canada, as in the country Canada. Junior is spelled out J-U-N-I-O-R, T-H-E-A-T-E-R dot com. Info at LaCanadaJuniorTheater.com. And you never know. You just never know. You might get selected. I hope everybody that is qualified gets both of these auditions that if you're listening to our show and you email all of your content that they're requesting, I hope you get selected. We'll be so cool and happy for you. We will. We will. Definitely so. Okay. That's our auditions for now. And when we come back, we will bring you our first guest here on this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. This is Drew and Jonathan Scott, the Property Brothers, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. Okay, we are back here with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And hopefully you got the information for all of the auditions that I just read off to you. But again, you can always drop us a line, info at 
filmfestivalradio.com, and we will send you whatever it is that you did not have a chance to write down. It's no problem. We don't mind working for you, your family. Yes, your family. Okay. Um, one of the really cool things about, uh, in spite of the pandemic and the lockdown and what have you, Many film festivals are finding a way to work around the lockdown. They are going virtual. And in some cases, going virtual is allowing the public to just click on totally free of charge to look at the festival films and such. And so, you know, the show must go on, as they say. Well, that brings me to our first guest here. Recently, the Las Vegas Black Film Festival was uh, done not too long ago, just a few days ago, actually. And it was, of course, held right here in Las Vegas at the Suncoast Hotel and Casino. Beautiful hotel. You come to Vegas, make sure that's one of the spots that you go and visit. It's a really cool place. And one of the films that was um, premiered at their film festival was Coming to Africa. And uh, the filmmaker is Anwar Jameson, and we'll be talking to him shortly. Now, his film is a romantic comedy. Yes, it's a romantic comedy which explores the themes of classism, racism, and social consciousness. Yeah, don't you just hate isms? It's just, oh, uh uh-uh, racism. Sexism, classism, all of these isms, they're just, they're just, ugh, I don't even know where to go with that. But anyway, coming to Africa explores the classism, racism, and the social consciousness, as I said, behind, that's that's the backdrop of, um, I mean, those are the problems. But the backdrop is still about contemporary, contemporary black relationships and black love in the world, no matter where it is. And so that brings us to our guest. He is the filmmaker of this film. Again, it's coming to Africa, a romantic comedy. And my goodness, I think it's, it's a feel-good feel good film that we all need to see as many feel-good films as possible, especially in this time and day of what's going on. Uh, I understand that this film was shot. A lot of it was uh, filmed over in Africa. So I will ask Anwar um, more information about uh, how all of that took place. Obviously, they shot it last year. So without any more delay of me running my mouth, let's bring Anwar Jameson on so he can tell us more about his film, Coming to Africa. So let's bring him on right now. Okay, so okay. I'd like to just say hello to you. Thank you for calling in. And uh, okay. we'll get right to it. Now, I understand that you have a, a new film that's uh, one of the films for the Las Vegas Black Film Festival that's starting this week, of course, going on. And your film is coming to Africa, and it will be screening August 7th, 4 o'clock, West Coast time, Suncoast Hotel and Casino. Uh, tell us about coming to Africa, your film. What's it all about? Well, it's about um, a guy who um, thinks um, climbing the corporate ladder in America is everything. He doesn't want to hear about black consciousness or black issues. I don't want to hear that. I'm going to just get my money and 
And that's what black power is. And he kind of gets a rude awakening um, in that and kind of gets reminded um, that he does need to know who he is um, as a person, know where he comes from and all of those things. So he gets sent uh, kind of by chance on the trip to Africa unexpectedly. And it's, it's a comedy. It's actually a romantic comedy. So I really wanted to get across that message, speak to a lot of things that we are going through and talking to nowadays, but put it in a format where people can feel like they're just enjoying a movie and it's not so heavy-handed. Well, that's definitely needed because the heavy-handedness topics are, goodness, we, I mean, they're very real, but it, after a while it, it gets draining. So that's good. You got, yeah. can, can bring us some smiles here. So uh, did you finish or were you in the middle of, of finishing up the film during this pandemic or what? Uh, thankfully, we shot last July, so we wrapped filming in July 2019 um, in Accra, Ghana, and in Memphis, Tennessee. So we were far along in the, the post-production process, thankfully. So the pandemic interrupted, you know, the festival run and some of the rollout. Um, but I'm just thankful for Michelle and everybody over at Las Vegas Black Film Festival for putting on this event and having it CDC guidelines safe and doing everything they can to give us a, a physical event to attend because that's important for filmmakers. So I dodged that bullet. We had it shot already, and we were well into the, the post-production process when everything hit. And so uh, you guys actually went over to Africa to shoot some of the filming. What was that like? Oh, it was a wonderful experience. So I was over there for about three weeks in July, and the majority of the movie, probably 85%, 80-85% takes place there in Africa, in Ghana. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, Ghana had been a place that I had been planning to visit for a long time. A lot of people talk about going to Africa, but there's 54 different countries. So I had done my research a long time ago, long before this project came about. And um, the fact that they speak English, first of all, was a prerequisite for me who wanted to go go there. But I had heard about the people, and they're like, they're the nicest people, the most respectful people in the world, and all of this stuff. And when you go there, that's really the culture. They're just really, really a nice, respectful people, great music. It just puts you in a peaceful place, great food. Um, everything. So I really wanted to tell the city story. So while I was over there, I was in the city. I tell people that even here growing up, uh, where I've grown up here, I'm, I've never been an outdoors person really, you know, much in that way. You know, I grew up a, a city boy. So I'm like, I want to tell that story. I want to show people the shopping malls, nice restaurants, that you can be in air-conditioned, nice homes with Wi-Fi and, you know, whatever. And that's how we were living when I was over there. I said, uh, you know, I really wanted to show that, portray that, and I was able to live that experience for the first time at the same time that we were shooting it, which also helped. So it was just a great experience. That's great to hear. I've been looking at a lot of films, uh, I'm say films, uh, videos on YouTube about uh, today's Ghana and how beautiful you're right. I've seen just fabulous homes and uh, just just everything like what you would have here in the States. It just seems like it's very beautiful. So, what Absolutely. Is, so uh, now what is your background as far as the filmmaker is concerned? Is this your first, third, fourth, twelfth film or, or what? 
<laughs> this yeah. is actually my fourth film. Uh, this is my third narrative film. Um, I also did a documentary a few years ago called The Bitter Pill to Swallow um, that just dealt with uh, prescription pill abuse um, amongst young people um, and some of the effects of that. And this was before it became such a hot topic with the opioid epidemic and all that. Um, but I was telling people it's more than just opioids, and, and those are not the ones hitting the black community as hard. So nobody was really talking about the ones affecting, you know, um, a lot of black youth and a lot of their go-to cheaper drugs, you know. So I did a documentary on that, but this is my third narrative. Um, it's kind of a second uh, career for me in a way. I've always been, I'm also a film professor, so um, English, I've always been a writer. That was my first uh, my first love, my background, everything comes from writing. And I returned and went to film school um, some years later, got a master's in film and video production, and I pretty much got bit with that bug. So I was able to combine the best of both worlds. I can write, and I can also use, you know, my uh, love of movies and, and visual just ideas that I have. Um, so my first film I shot in 08, um, it came out in 2009. And here we are now, a little over 10 years later uh, from that one. And, and this one is definitely some steps up. I'm really proud of it. This one is, um, I just want to make progress with every project I do. And this one is a huge leap up. It was really ambitious to pull off what we did. So to see it come together is, is really great. Now, is this the first film festival that Coming to Africa is um, premiering in or what? It is. All of the other ones are canceled. We had a virtual premiere at San Francisco Black Film Festival. Um, so that was, you know, a limited virtual premiere. Um, but it's not the same as getting a chance to, to sit in those seats and look at that big screen with a room full of people and really take it in. So, yes, this is the official world premiere right here. Okay, well, I say congratulations uh, on getting that premiere done. I mean, you guys found a way to, to do it. So um, so do you plan on continuing the film in the film festival circuit, or are you going to go to uh, video on demand, or what? Absolutely, video on demand. So we had um, a distribution deal in place uh, to go theatrical. So I was like, ah, oh, that's one thing COVID really ruined. I'm like, finally, I have a project that I can take theatrical across the country. And, of course, all of that got shut down with the theaters. So we had been in a holding pattern pretty much waiting to see if theaters would open back up. Some were opening back up. So we're going to go video on demand. It will be streaming. The wide release will be in October. Um, I'll be letting people know that exact date. Uh, pretty soon, but it will definitely be October. And if this thing makes any kind of turn for the better, and some of the other theaters do open up some with, you know, with guidelines in place, we'll do some spot dates and do some select theaters in October, really just to to lead into um, the, the the VOD premiere, the wide premiere. And we think we still will probably be able to have our premiere in Ghana, which was scheduled for July 17th. I, I really hate that that. We, we they do premieres big over there, so we were supposed to be over there July 17th, um, back in Ghana for that premiere. So um, they're doing a bit better with COVID. Mostly everything is opening back up over there, except for the borders and airports. So I think we will be able to have the the premiere in Ghana um, 
whether I can make it or not. I don't know what the borders will be doing. So that'll be it, though. But October will be the wide release. Uh, people will be able to stream it, and those details will be forthcoming. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine how big and colorful and festive Ghana's uh, premieres can be. I remember seeing when uh, Black Panther opened over in Africa and how the premieres were just like a big parade or something. It was amazing. So, yes, absolutely. So, oh, Tell us your uh, website or your social media handles so we can stay in touch with when the big premiere will take place. Okay, so uh, the website is actually comingtoafricamovie.com is the website. Um, And all my social media is just my name, Anwar Jameson, A-N-W-A-R-J-A-M-I-S-O-N. So I'm on Instagram at Anwar Jameson, on Twitter at Anwar Jameson, and Facebook just Anwar Jameson. Well, if you're like me, I keep it pretty simple. <laughs> I use my name for everything. <laughs> that way, no confusion. So again, right. it's coming to AfricanMovie.com, starting with the movie. So anyway, I say congratulations to you. I would love if you get over to Ghana again to do a premiere. I would love to see the video and photographs from that, so I'll definitely sign up to, uh, you know, be one of your social media people. And Absolutely. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, well, anyway, congratulations again on the film, and uh, thank you for chatting with us about coming to Africa. All right. Thank you for having me. Okay, then. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay, thank you so much, Anwar, for uh, sharing with us information about his film, Coming to Africa. Well, we've got Coming to America, so why not have Coming to Africa as well? And again, it's a very uh, fun movie. It's it's inspiring, and it's cute. I really liked it. It's quite entertaining as well. So make sure that if you get a chance, follow the film, follow Anwar, and uh, give it a shout-out and let him know what what you think about it, okay? So, to further speak of actors here, our next guest is Cuban-born actor Carlo Arecchia. And he is definitely, just like Anwar, he is a star on the rise in the film and television industry. He recently made his big splash American primetime debut in the CBS hit series uh, SWAT, You watch SWAT? I watch it a lot. Uh, Well, he portrayed the character Gio Torres. You remember that character? He was a boxer. Middleweight Cuban boxer was the character, uh, also called the Caribbean King. Now do you remember that character? Well, anyway, I'll kind of refresh your memory, uh, memory there. 
the character is a prize fighter, and he was set to win this big upcoming boxing match. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his pregnant wife is kidnapped and held for ransom. That was a on the edge of your seat, nail biting, toenail biting uh, particular episode. But Carlo, our guy, he he pulled it off. Now, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Carlo. He is a actually a third-generation actor, and he's been acting since he was only six years old. Yeah, he played uh, the son of his own mom, his actual biological mom, and they starred in a telenovela in their home country down in, in uh, Cuba. But in 2012, the family moved to uh, Miami here in the States when Carlo was 12. And so when he got here... Naturally, it's Miami. Oh, my God, it's South Beach, too. Uh, Carlo, he said it was kind of a culture shock for him. I I guess so, man. Again, South Beach. (laughs) So, you know, at that time, he just kind of began rethinking, do I want to do this acting thing? Is this really what I want to do? Well, anyway, what he ended up doing, he kind of parked acting for a minute, and he enrolled in college to study psychology. But that little hiatus, it kind of brought him back to his true love. And after only one semester, he came back to his true love of acting. And we are so happy that he did that because we would be denied this young man's great acting talents. And he is obviously with, uh, you know, landing his first national role like that on a CBS hit show. It's not just any CBS show. It's a hit show, SWAT. And Carlo has so many other aspirations that he is working on and will be dreaming about. He actually is dreaming about. I don't want to give it away because I got the notes on uh, what that is, one of his big dreams. We all have these big dreams. I think his are really going to come to pass. So let's bring on actor Carlo Arecchia so that he can share with us uh, his journey and his um road to acting, how he got to where he is from being a teenager to now a full-fledged, full-time actor here uh, on the entertainment scene and the aspirations of what he is dreaming about. It's a particular character, I won't say character, it's a particular person that he dreams of portraying one day. And I'm going to be quiet and not tell you anymore because I'll tell you too much. So let's bring on Carla right now and let him tell all of us uh, what person it is that he dreams of portraying. So Carla, let's bring him on right now. So everybody, hello. Thank you for listening, of course, to Film Festival Radio, as always. And we have our next guest here on board, uh, Carlo Arecchia. And Carlo is going to officially pronounce his last name for me because I kept messing it up. So, Carlo, what is the correct? What is it? Well, you did great, let me tell you. But it's Arecchia. Arecchia. Okay. I was Kind of close, but still way off. <laughs> well, Carla, the main thing is that we have you on the show, and you are very handsome and a very talented young actor um, here in America. We really got to know you and see your talents at work on the CBS hit TV show, SWAT, 
where you portrayed Gio Torres, a, a Cuban boxer, the Caribbean king. <laughs> so was that a fun role, and, and how did you prepare for that guy? Yeah, he was actually one of the best experience, uh, experiences in of my life. I worked so hard for this role. Um, I was training nonstop for all my boxing scenes because I never boxed before. Um, I shaved my head, I gained weight. Uh, even that he's Cuban and I'm Cuban as well, the accent was, um, you know, was, str um, was um, stronger. Even though I still have an accent, um, but the accent of the role was stronger. Um, the voice, the, even the walk, everything, you know, the movement. So it, it was such a, you know, fun and challenge role to, to play. And because of this, I'm actually a contender for a primetime Emmy. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll find that out actually next week. So I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you may be getting an Emmy nomination for this. Yes. Yeah, I'm a contender, so they, like... I'm like a pre-nominated, so um, next week on the 28th, they, you know, the Academy is going to announce the nominations, which, um, you know, I'm really excited. Oh, so, should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm saying congratulations in advance that you, Thank you so much. get the nomination. So, well, how difficult was it for you to shave all your gorgeous hair off? <laughs> Well, you know, it's the love for the arts. Okay. <laughs> and, um, they asked me if, if I could shave my head. And um, back then, I had short hair, so it wasn't like a, you know, like a big deal. And even though if I had longer hair, it wasn't a big deal because mm -hmm. if the role required it, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it. So it wasn't, you know, it was, it was okay. It was part of the whole process of embodying um, Gio Torres. Okay. Well, now, uh, obviously, you probably still have family back in Cuba. Um, have they had a chance to see some of your television work? So I have one uncle. Okay. And um, he's, he, he hasn't seen the, the, you know, the story and the episode, but he saw a photo um, of the shorts, the boxing shorts, okay. and he's so proud. And a lot of, you know, people from Cuba has reached out on my Facebook page, like saying how proud they are, you know, because we don't have that much representation, representation on, on TV or, on, or even on film, you know, with these Cuban characters. And it, it was, yeah, it's, it's such a blessing. Absolutely. Well, did it cause you to want to maybe think about going into boxing, that role, or what? <laughs> Well, I love now boxing, and it's actually such a good workout, yeah. and um, yeah, and I, now I even feel more confident, you know, <laughs> about, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all about love and life, but it's good, you know, to, to know how to box, <laughs> just sure. in case. Just in case, just in case. If there's a damsel in distress, and you can go rescue her with your boxing skills or something. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's like actually like a meditation for your body, uh -huh. you know, so it, it's really good. Well, now, I understand that you have really been acting since you were about five or six years old. Is that when you first decided? Well, I mean, we're all six, but yeah, you, yeah. you knew then you wanted to go into acting. Yeah, so the things that my mom was an actress in Cuba and my grandfather as well, so I was surrounded by that. But um, I 
acting, I think even before, because I used to play with um, puppets for my grand um, for my grandparents. But my first role on TV in Cuba was when I was six. Ah, okay, okay. So yeah, this you're destined. Uh, obviously, when you're that young, like so many performers, when they they just know it's just there. Yeah, I feel you know very blessed to to know since I was little my calling and, and, and my passion, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing because sometimes, you, you know, you don't know what's your passion and I'm, I'm pretty, you know, grateful that I had that since I was little. Now, I understand that after your family moved to Miami that you put acting aside and you, you decided you wanted to study psychology in, in college, but you, thank God, you went back to acting, so <laughs> what was that about? Yeah, it was more, you know, to please them because both of my my parents they gave up on their dreams, and you know, I mean, being an actor, people people only see when you're winning, but they don't see all the effort and you know, the journey, you know, behind your career, and they didn't want me to go through to what they went through. Yeah. So, you know, I I I started studying psychology, but I was like, you know, you have to listen to your heart. You have to, if you you know, your parents love you and, and, and whatever you choose, you know, they're going to support you. And so then I talked to them and, and you know, they, they understood. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> so are your fans and so are all of us. We would have been denied all this talent and such. But now tell us about... Um, you did uh, three seasons of the Nickelodeon Latin America series. Is uh, Grache? Grache? Grache. Grache. Yes. Okay. That's a long time. Three yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah, especially in, in, in Miami because it doesn't happen like this. You know, we don't have like a lot of productions like we have in, in Hollywood. So I was so blessed because I was non-stopping working. And it was such a fun role very goofy. It was just fun. It was like, you know, it, it didn't feel like I'm going to work. It was just, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to co-create with my um, scenes, partners with the other actors, um, these great scenes. And it was such a beautiful, you know, beautiful experience. And yeah, I'm growing because, you know, you grow so much with the character, especially when you're doing more than one season, you know, so... It was great. Yeah, you did a hundred and fifty-two episodes. That's like a whole outside family of the here after yeah, a while. <laughs> yeah, and because of that, I met so many fans around the world because the, this Nickelodeon show was such a hit. And um, yeah, it, life-changing. That was actually mm -hmm. a life-changing for for me and for my career. And finally, Carlo, I understand that. One of your dreams is to star as uh, the legendary Desi Arnaz. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the Ricky Ricardo. So is is that a film that's already in the making or is coming? Or, or what's the status of that? You know, I want to actually, it, it would be like a, not exactly like a Ricky Ricardo, but it would have like, I don't know, maybe like his grandson, let's say. It would yeah. have like, it's like a, enough but it would be like some flavor of that role but i want it it's gonna be my role it, it won't you know it won't be me copying um that's your ass doing ricky ricardo it would be like very um present moment but something that has the same kind of like flavor and um 
yeah, comedy, you know, timing like like Ricky Ricardo on I Love Lucy. Oh, he, they, both they were something. They were amazing, just magical. Have you had a chance to visit, uh, take a tour of Desilu Studios? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I did, and wow, what a great um and special energy when you walk um in in this in those studios. Yes, it's very magical. You could just tell a lot of great television was made there and it's still there, still there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Carlo, finally, how can people, how can fans and viewers uh, reach out to you on social media? What are your social media handles? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and um, Instagram okay. at Carlo, A-R-R-E-C-H-E-A, Carlo Arrechea. Arrechea, okay. So that. <laughs> Yeah, don't let me try to again. <laughs> you did great. I was trying to practice. <laughs> well, anyway, Carla, we're going to be cheering you on that you get that uh, Emmy nomination. We'll know in a Thank few more so days. Thank you so much. If I do, I'm going to be the second Cuban in history after almost 20 years since Andy Garcia was nominated. Yes. And, and if I win, I'll be the first Cuban in history. So it means a lot for my roots and you know, and for the Latino community as well. So, yeah, please um, send me all your good and great energy. We will do that. We will do that. I loved Andy Garcia in uh, The Untouchables. Oh, my goodness. He was so yeah. good in that. He's a, he's a legend. He's a legend. Well, hopefully we'll say one day Carlo is a legend as well. Cause that Emmy nomination is on the road to all of that. So thank yes. you. Thank you so much. And I know your PR person will let us know if you get that nomination. Maybe we can bring you back. On. Yes, I would love to. I would love to, to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. Okay, thank you so much and take care now. All right? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you, Carlo. Thank you so much. He's a lot of fun. Very handsome young man as well. Both of our guests, very handsome. On War Jameson. Uh, Carlos, these guys are handsome and they're talented. So I don't know if they're married and have girlfriends or significant others, but ladies, hey, might want to look at these dudes. <laughs> okay, listen, if you want to follow Carlo, follow him on social media at Carlo Arecchia. That's uh, last name is spelled A R R E C H E A. Like him on all of these social media pages. You guys know what to do. And let's try to keep up with him to see whether or not, and I think he's going to get that dream one day, his quest to one day star is the late, great legend Desi Arnaz. I think he would be absolutely fabulous after seeing him uh, on CBS's uh, hit series SWAT, don't you think? Kind of looks like uh, Desi when he was about that age. Okay, that's it. We're done. Thank you for listening to us on this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. And, of course, we want to thank both of our guests, Carlo and Anwar, for sharing a bit of their time about their wonderful and fabulous careers. And uh, we just want to be able to support a lot of you uh, filmmakers, actors, what have you. you. We've been doing this show for, what, 13 years as a podcast, so you know what we do here. And I hope that we can continue to do it 13 more years, and then some. So we're out, and we'll see you on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care, stay safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye. 
thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.